0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Allianz Travel Insurance. An unexpected medical emergency can cost you. It can cost you even more when you're traveling abroad. Protect your trip at AllianzTravelInsurance.com.
1: What's good, everybody? It's Jay Williams, host of The Limits, and we are in instant replay mode this week, revisiting one of my favorite conversations with the one and the only Nisi Nash. Now, Nisi had me cracking up throughout this entire interview, but she also deeply moved me with her thoughts on making it as an actress, her commitment to her faith, and her love for her wife, Jessica Betts. Last week on the show, Coleman Domingo and I talked about his recent Emmy nomination. And trust me, you don't want to miss that episode. With Nisi, we talked earlier this year, and the Oscar nominations had just came out. So we also got into why black actors in Hollywood are regularly overlooked by the Academy. Here's more with the great Nisi Nash.
2: Hello, microphone, microphone. Check, check, checker. Hey, look, if, can you freestyle? Well, you know. <clears throat> now, I'm not rock singing a Sparky D. I'm just a rocking on the mic, and I'm Nisi eating up for real. What? Keep going. Let me keep find going. out. No, you keep going. Let me find out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like that. I didn't know you could spit bars like this.
2: Let's everybody has a hidden talent. Let's relax.
1: Welcome to The Limits, I'm Jay Williams. Niecy Nash is right. We all have our hidden talents. Mine is chess. But most of Niecy Nash's talents aren't hidden. She has her own star in Hollywood's Walk of Fame for her career as an actress in comedies, dramas, and an Emmy for her stint as a reality show host.
2: I'm Niecy Nash, and this is Clean House, the show that rescues don't we, don't we, don't we don't bring don't up the white people. We don't bring up the evidence. The no. evidence. because if the seen... if the glove didn't fit, right? Except it kind of did. No, that. it didn't. No. Life of did? was a mess before I ever met you, and I'm the only one that helped you when you got out. And this is how you thank me?
1: It took decades. But Nisi climbed to the top of the call sheet and landed a leading role in the TV show Claws, which is no easy feat, by the way. Just look at the Oscars itself. Only one. Let me repeat myself. Only one black woman in history has won for best actress in a leading role. On the other hand, eight black women have won for supporting actress and black women have made up less than four percent of leading roles over the last decade. Seems to me that Hollywood is speaking loud and clear about where they think black women belong. But Nisi doesn't listen to Hollywood. She's broken the limits of so many obstacles that could have held her back, and she's refused to be stereotyped at every turn. My type of lady. As she puts it, she made it from the hood to Hollywood by betting on herself and trusting her talent. Here's my conversation with Nisi Nash. First off, thank you for coming on the pod. I appreciate you. How are you?
2: Never been better.
1: Your show is incredible. Congratulations. Claus was your first role as a lead actress in a TV series. Number one on the call sheet. How are you feeling about all that going down?
2: You know I feel really, really good about filming Claus. Um I got to play a woman who was like many of my friends, mm. um over forty, not married, no children. Uh, living life on her own terms, you know, in these streets for her own pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was very, very happy to lead the charge. And you know, um, when people say leading lady, to me it means moving in a way that people want to follow you, mm. not just in, in title, but in in action. You know, so I I had a very, very um, good time discovering that character, uh, learning from her, and um, it will definitely go down in the books as one of my favorite characters.
1: When you say leading lady, and then you follow that up with people wanting to follow her, can you explain that a little bit more to me? What does that mean?
2: Well, I think that people use the term leading lady as the person out front, you know, Number one on a call sheet, the person who's shiny. But to be a leader, to lead the charge, people have to want to follow you. So how do you lead in such a way that leaves people feeling inspired, encouraged, enriched? That's the trick, if you ask me.
1: So, Nisi, when did you first realize you wanted to be an actress?
2: Five years old.
1: Five years old.
2: I was watching television with my grandmother, and I saw the most gorgeous black woman I had ever seen in my little five years of living. And she had on a long red dress, and her eyelashes looked like butterflies. I took one look at this woman, and my eyes crossed. And I said, Grandmama, who is that? My grandmama smoked cigarettes on a filter, so it felt like the cigarette was 10 feet long. And she took a drag, and she said, baby, that's Lola Falana." Mm. And it was in that moment that I felt like my destiny was stamped on the canvas of my imagination. I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be black, fabulous, and on TV. And I stopped answering to my name. If you didn't call me Lola, baby, you wasn't talking to me.
1: (laughs) I love it. So uh, talk about manifesting it. That's when you started to actually believe at that given moment that this is who I am and this is who I'm going to be. Sure. Did you have any other role models that you saw? or that you drew from in order to build your own brand, your own voice.
2: Oh my god, I wanted to be every little brown girl on TV. Whoever they, I wanted to be D from What's Happening. I re, I memorized every one of her lines. And and surprisingly, even though Thelma was on good times, Penny was on good times, mm. even at a young age, but I knew I was Wallona. I said I'm gonna memorize her lines. <laughs> You know, so all of the, you know, young and spicy, uh, full-spirited women that I saw growing up, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. I remember seeing um, Cicely Tyson in the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, and I said, okay, Lord, so I got to make them laugh and cry? Mm. You know, I was like, all right, let me tuck that in. So, yeah, I've had a lot of... Women inspire me along the way.
1: You see, fast forward to your first time in Hollywood. Can you paint that picture for me?
2: I booked a movie called Boys on the Side, starring Drew Barrymore, Whoopi Goldberg, a very, very young and undiscovered Matthew McConaughey. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I was woman in the diner. And I almost missed my flight, true story. I don't even know if anybody knows this. I almost missed my flight to New York because I didn't know when they said somebody was going to come and pick you up. You know, I thought it was going to be a fella in a Toyota Camry. (laughs) I I didn't know who was coming. So that was, you know, when they were still using stretch limousines. Mm -hmm. There was a stretch limousine in front of my house for 30 minutes. And I didn't know it was mine. And me and my mother were looking out the window. And she said, girl, Miss Brown done died. And I said, oh, she was so nice. Now, we're waiting on the family to come out and get get in the limo. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I get on the plane. Finally, I make it to my flight. And I've been on a plane before. And the woman at the door, the lovely stewardess, Uh, sky agent you know took a look at my ticket and I'm I'm so overwhelmed at this point I'm turning to the right you know to go find myself back in the cheap seats this is oh no 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 dear you're this way in first I said who I still I didn't know anything so I go sit down in first class And when a woman come by to ask me, what what would I like to eat? I was looking at the menu, baby. I was studying it like I was taking the bar. Mm -hmm. And I very casually looked up at her with these big doe eyes I had and said, how much is the shrimp? (laughs) And she patted my shoulder and she said, oh, dear.
1: Oh, sweet baby.
2: Oh, sweet baby. Baby. Yeah.
1: So how was it when you met Drew Barrymore, when you met Matthew McConaughey? Like, were you nervous? Was it just what you...
2: Well, actually, believe it or not, the highest paid actress at that time, black or white, was Whoopi Goldberg. And that's who my scene was with. But I I wasn't nervous. I didn't feel intimidated or anything. I was just like, hey, girl, hey.
1: I was talking to Gabrielle Union about this and you know the lack of representation of black women in hollywood and how sometimes hey there's only room for like one of us to be here did you you didn't feel any of that or did you feel her just embrace you and it was all love from the beginning
2: it was interesting because um right before that my only brother was murdered in um at a high school here in los angeles somebody brought a gun to school and the story was on the front page of the LA times. And my mother had been all in the news. And when I got there and I greeted Whoopi, she said, how's your mother? And I said, who, who's mother? Who, who you? And I looked back behind me and I was like, who are you talking to? And she said, bitch, I'm talking to you. I know your story. How's your mother. And I said, Oh, my mother. And then, you know, We talked about it and were able to unpack that a little bit. But she was very lovely. She was very kind. And, um, you know, my scene wasn't working so well at first because she kept laughing. Because whatever my line was, it was very, very corny. And I said, Lord, this woman is going to get me fired because the director is getting frustrated. Every time I come out and say the line, she started laughing. I can tell he's getting upset. And I said, I'm sorry. Hold. Stop which you cannot do that as an actor. You, But I didn't know. And they were like, what? You know, And I was like, listen, I just want you to know the scene is messing up because she keep laughing. It's not me. And then Whoopi was like, no, you didn't. And I said, girl, yes, I did. They not going to fire you. <laughs> and then the director comes over and he said, what would you like to say, dear? What's the, I said, the line Ugh. is corny. Nobody talks like that. And if I was going to say it, I would say, girl, is that your friend in the bathroom? You better get in there because she throwing up. The man says, Edith, we're changing the line. (laughs) He started producing already. He said, you go on in there and you come on out and say that. And then Whoopi looked at me and she said, you go, girl. Mm -hmm. And I think I was so naive and so green, I did not know that it was out of order to move that way. As a matter of fact, when I auditioned to get the part, didn't have an agent, didn't have a manager, I called the casting director who I met in the workshop. And I said, you said I was funny when we did this little thing. I'm broke. I got a baby and I need a job. Mm. And he said, be down here at three o'clock. So when I went and I did the lines, they said, thank you. And I said, you welcome. And they said, thank you. And I said, don't mention it. And they said, thank you. You may go. I said, oh, (laughs) oh, I said, well, did did y'all pick me? And they were like, someone will let you know. I said, let me know when I got a baby. I told the other man. I said, I got so mad. I said, I'm telling on everybody in this room, write your name down. I'm telling <laughs> on everybody in here. You're going to have me drive across town and not get, you know, you're not even going to tell me what's going on. But I just didn't know any better.
1: After the break, Nisi takes on the Oscars. There is a lot of frustration due to lack of representation. Nisi says it's because these award shows weren't designed for people of color. You're listening to The Limits from NPR. I'm Jay Williams.
3: Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives, like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp. When you keep your stress bottled up, it can eat away at you. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to make them better. Try BetterHelp Online Therapy, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp at betterhelp.com NPR today to get 10% off your first month.
0: Ah, the satisfying sounds of more sales in your business. And from the sound of it, your business is growing. But you shouldn't have to pay more to scale your business. With stamps.com, you can import orders from wherever you sell online, find the lowest rates with the fastest delivery times, and instantly deliver tracking updates to your customers and stock up on supplies. Get started at stamps.com today with code PROGRAM for a four week trial, free postage, and a digital scale.
3: Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric Study to change their sedentary, screen filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your
2: podcasts.
1: So if that's your first time breaking into Hollywood and you you said that you were green and obviously you don't know what you don't know, what was your first taste of like, damn, this this is Hollywood. This is what people have been talking about.
2: Probably when I had two people have a conversation in front of me like I wasn't there. I was literally standing and I read and they leaned their heads towards each other and one was like, well, she got a she got a cute face. The other one said, but well, well, what about her teeth? Do you think she can lose weight? And I said, I can hear you. I'm literally standing right here. And I was like, wow. Okay. This is this is the game.
1: Nisa, was that a director? Was that other actors?
2: I think they were like uh, producers and casting, and you know, but they were just having the conversation that you should have had behind a closed door. I get it. I know I'm the last person in Hollywood with my original teeth, but still. <laughs> I'm sorry. Talk about it behind my back, why don't you? Yo. <laughs>
1: You can only be you. And that's, that's powerful because I don't feel like a lot of people thrive in Hollywood because times change people. But I feel like you've thrived by being authentic to who you are. For sure. So, okay, let me go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. What would you say to your younger self, someone who was juggling marriage and children while trying to break into Hollywood?
2: What would you tell that person now? Trust your gift there'll be a number of reasons why you might not book something, you know, nepotism, colorism, idiom, but trust your gift because that's, that's the thing that is not up for debate.
1: Mm.
2: You know what I mean? And any places that there is a lack fix it, you know what I mean? And I don't care. You could not hire me for any reason. But it will not be because I was not good enough in the actual work.
1: Can you tell me a moment where you started to not trust your gift?
2: I don't think I've ever not trusted it. I think I've always trusted it because God is not a liar. And I know that when he told me or she told me what the call on my life was i knew i would have enough of a skill set to be able to maintain it did i get every job no did i win every award i was nominated for no but do, do did i ever lose faith in my gift not never
1: how about your life
2: oh honey that faith and got up and packed the bag and ran on out the door so many times. Ah! <laughs> That's different. That's different. You know, when your marriage or marriages, in my case, are failing or when, you know, you have different challenges with your children because they're all different. Um, there are times, you know, when I've, you know, just laid on the linoleum and said, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Yeah, so definitely in my real life, but not on my calling.
1: How did you manage that? Because for me, a lot of my real life always translates into my work life. Like, I'm not able to compartmentalize that. Did you have any moments that bled over to one another?
2: Oh, my God. When I, when I was married to my first husband, that was when they, uh, and the industry was was kind, but they very lovingly told me, you can only do one thing baby girl. You're you're funny. And so you stick to these multicams. You hear what we're telling you? Wow. So in that space, when all I was doing was auditioning for comedy, you know, I remember driving out to Warner Brothers, just tears, just weeping because I used to have these terrible arguments uh, with my first husband on my way somewhere where I had to go be funny. And I would cry all the way from the hood to Hollywood, get there, wipe my face, put it back together and walk in there with my head up and my shoulders back. Because what you're not going to do is step on this dream. Mm -hmm. What you're not going to do is keep me from getting the bag. Because you know why? Because the show must go on. And in that moment, I was the show.
1: And that, that had to be like a relief, though. That had to be your escape, like a safe haven almost in a way, right? To kind of detach away from all that frustration or chaos.
2: I don't even know if I saw it that way. It was just necessary, you know? And, you know, sometimes people are in a place where when this part of my life is falling apart, I can't do that part. I'm not that way. You know, I remember going through my divorce on camera. And it was like in my trailer, lamenting it all, crying my eyes out. Knock, 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 they're ready for you. Hmm. I'm Nisi Nash. And this is Clean House. And then after you finish, you go on and cry, cry again. Hmm. But when you the show, go on.
1: One of the one of the things I, I heard the other day, uh, it was an interview during award season and an ABC special recently, Holly Berry mentioned about being disappointed that no other black actresses have won Oscar for best actress since she did in 2002, which blows my mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What are your thoughts on that?
2: I, I just think you have to consider the source because these awards, it, it is just like, um, wanting to be included in something in a legitimate way that wasn't designed for you. They weren't considering you when they put this together. You understand? They wanted to acknowledge who they felt like were their peers. And now, you know, the black and the brown or people of color are like, hey, what about us? You know what I mean? We're we're in the mix too, which goes along with everything else, whether it's law or medicine or whatever. You have to be 10 times as good. In order to get a nod for this or a nod for that. I mean, it's unfortunate. And that's why you're going to be challenged if you're in the business to be awarded by people who don't even look like you and didn't even acknowledge you when they put the institution in place. Mm. I mean, I don't know why it's shocking when you still see how black and brown people are treated in this country our sons go out into the world and if they get stopped by the police, they may not come home. Mm. And you surprised that black and brown people not getting an Oscar. (laughs) We're not seen as the same. No matter how much we know that we are equal You know, our lives did not start as slavery. And when they went to Africa and brought us to this country, they were not bringing slaves to this country. They were bringing scientists, teachers, people who had discovered the laws of mathematics. You know what I'm saying? They were bringing families like we we didn't begin at slavery. And so when the institution has said from from, you know, its inception, we see you as less than. It's not surprising. It's disappointing. It's not fair. But is it surprising? No.
1: So how do you change it, Nisi? Because obviously we have to keep evolving, right? You have to keep pushing those conversations.
2: I, I think that there are strides being made, you know, welcoming, you know, people of color into the academy and, you know, trying to figure out these diversity initiatives. You know, we're on the path. But is it going to be remedied in our lifetime? It will not. But will we will we make strides towards it? Indeed. I believe that for a fact. Hmm. But it's going to take a long time to undo, you know, 400 plus years of being oppressed.
1: You know, one of the things when I lived in L.A. for a while, one of my friends talked a lot about Black Hollywood. And there being this togetherness within Black Hollywood. I didn't live there long enough to actually see it. But I wanted to ask, is there a Black Hollywood and how do we elevate our people?
2: Guys, listeners out there, I want you to know one thing. Black Hollywood is real. It is a real thing. It really exists. We're really out here. And um, the one thing that I can tell you about this community is that as a whole, it's extremely supportive and extremely loving. Now, you know, you can break that down on a a different level and say, personally, I, I might not like this person or that person might not like me. But that has nothing to do with the collective. And I feel like as a whole, it exists. It's loving. It is welcoming. And I feel like, you know, we are constantly trying to do things that support one another, that say we love on one another, whether it's our own award shows like Essence and, you know, BET, or whether we're doing things as a community of women. I call us blacktresses, mm. as the blacktresses gather and, you know, try to uh, promote our own level of sisterhood within the business. You know, it's, 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 It's beautiful to see, to be honest with you.
1: After the break, a love story. In 2020, Nisi surprised the world by announcing she was marrying a woman. Up until then, she had only dated men. And she says until Jessica Betts, she had never even thought of dating a woman. Two years later, she says she's in the happiest relationship of her life as she discovers in real time who she actually is. This is The Limits from NPR. I'm Jay Williams.
3: This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
2: In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths, wherever you get podcasts.
1: Nisi, so many times in life, and, and people try to do this to me, where they love to put you in a box. Hey, what do you do? Or they try to assess by getting a quick tidbit of information about who you are or what bucket you're in, even though it doesn't really say anything about who you are. Right. Not that you've gone through your two marriages and that you're with Jessica Betts.
2: Yes, I'm with yes. JV, honey. Yeah, you
1: with J. Yes, I love that for you. Thank you. How would you define your sexuality? The people that like to try to put you in the box.
2: I can honestly tell you with a clear mind. I have no idea. <laughs> I just don't know. I, I just got here. That's beautiful, though. So I don't know. I know if, if you know, pressure, you know what I mean, gun to my head, I would say I'm just sexual, J-E-S-S. Because the other definitions, I just haven't been here long enough to lay a hold of it to figure it out. But I do know that people want to be able to label you so that they can understand you. And I'm just like... But let me tell you, and let me tell you when I know, hmm. because and even if I say that to people, they'll be like, okay, well, no, you're a lesbian. Would you ever date a man again? I'm married right now, and I'm so in love. I don't imagine the wheels falling off of this, but if if it did, I, I don't know, you know, or whatever I would say to that, oh, you're probably bi, oh, you're this, oh, you're that. I don't know how I would define it. I guess the best label I could come up with is happy.
1: That's a powerful label. I like it. What's different with you and her and and your relationship?
2: I just think for me, it's the first relationship that I've been in where I feel fully seen. And this is a person who has seen the whole of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, And said, come as you are.
1: Could you divulge to me, Nisi, just about, you know, one of the things in my relationship with my wife, we always work on communication and how to communicate challenging, difficult, tough subject matter. How do you guys communicate?
2: Well, first of all, communication. I don't think that we're born knowing how to do it. And if you get with the person who is truly your soulmate, they are there to stretch you and to grow you and to ultimately make you better. So with that being said, the communication side, we needed help. We went to therapy. You know, um, sometimes it's not what you say, but how you say it. So what we try to master in our home is one, practice the pause. Practice the pause right when you get ready to say something because you feel it in the moment. Take a beat, consider who you're talking to, consider how much you know that person loves you, and then consider how you can say what it is in, in your feeling in a way that it's received. Two, in our house, it's not about being right, it's about being heard. Because as long as you are heard in the matter, we agree to disagree. But we don't agree to not be heard. And then lastly, I would say we try to master sharing our truth with one another in love. Because most people lead with anger when the truth is that you hurt. And then when you tell the person that you love that they hurt you, or they upset you, their response is usually to be defensive. So we try to, because we have two ears and one mouth, listen twice as much as we talk and listen without the fight. Don't wait to talk. Wait to listen because I want to be understood. That's how we move around here in Casa de la bets.
1: Casa de la Betts. I love that. Nisi, I appreciate you taking the time for us today. I know you have so much stuff going on between all your gigs and dropping bars everywhere. I just want to say thank you because your words have inspired me and I'm sure they inspired all of our listeners. And um, from somebody who knows a lot of people all across the country who do things and get celebrity status, it's hard for people to be true with who they are and who they're becoming. And I commend you for that.
2: Baby, first of all, let me say thank you. And second of all, you are not Hollywood. If I could say anything to the people in entertainment, you're not that. That's just what you do. But you're who is to be of service in the world. And I don't care if I've been at work 14 hours. When I get off and I hit that driveway, I'm coming in the door saying, baby, can I make you a drink? You What you need? Did you eat? No, no, no. Let me heat that up for you. That's the gift. Hmm. That's the gift that I give myself. What I do at work is the gift I give to the world. And you got to know the difference. You got to know the difference. Otherwise, you'll be behaving in your home like you're a queen on set and behaving on the world. like And at work, trying to give everybody more of yourself than you need to. That's it.
1: I appreciate you, Nisi. Thank you. And congratulations to you and Jessica. I love that for you, too.
2: Thank you so much. I love it, too.
1: Special thanks to Nisi and her team for making this happen. I love having you on the show. And let's all wish her a happy happy birthday to you. That's right. It's tomorrow. The Limits is produced by Devin Schwartz, Mano Sundaresen, and Lena Sonsgheri. Our intern is Daniel Soto. Video production by Kaz Fantoni, Langston Sessoms, Christina Shaman, Iman Young, and Nick Michael. Our executive producers are Karen Kinney, Marilyn Williams, and Yolanda Sanguene. Our Senior VP of Programming and Audience Development is Anya Grumbin. Music by Ramteen Louie, Special thanks to Christina Hardy, Rudy Correa, and Charlotte Rigby.
0: This message is brought to you by NPR sponsor, Lisa, in collaboration with West Elm. Discover the new natural hybrid mattress, expertly crafted from natural latex and certified safe foams, designed with your health and the planet in mind. Visit leesa.com to learn more.
3: Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer?